Eat Sleep Rock Nashville presents What Was and What Will Always Be, a tribute to Led Zeppelin, live and in concert, August 14th at the Basement East in East Nashville, benefiting Music Health Alliance, hosted by Garden of Eden and School of Rock Nashville, and featuring guest performances by Grace Bowers, Alexis Saskey of Tennessee Muscle Candy, Down Boy, Jax Hollow, and many, many more. Get your tickets now at thebasementnashville.com. I didn't want to leave you hanging, so I decided to record a solo podcast. It's late at night on Sunday slash Monday. What did I do today? I went over to uh, to my old place, finished cleaning it up, helped out with a few things, and I've been listening a lot to the new Queens of the Stone Age album. I'm getting back into Queens. They're coming to Nashville, so I'm pretty stoked for that. I think I'm going to try and go. I saw John Fogarty a couple weeks ago with my dad, and it made me realize I still got to be a fan of music and art and creativity and all that good stuff. I think uh, I spend a lot of time trying to have a career and do something with myself that I forget the reason why I started this in the first place or that I even moved to Nashville or that I ever picked up an instrument and it was just because I was so obsessed with music that I needed to play it that was the only logical next step Green Day was really that first band for me that got me into it I uh it was around the time that American Idiot came out So 2004, I vividly remember seeing the American Idiot video for the first time, and I just thought Green Day were so fucking cool. And they were cool, honestly. Like, I feel like it's not cool to be into Green Day now or any of that shit. Uh, Everybody's too cool for school, but I I love them. I I feel like at a certain point, I, I outgrew that kind of music. But at the time, man, I lived and died for that band. I loved Jesus of Suburbia, the second track off American Idiot. And there's actually some really great songs on that album. Give Me Novocaine is another good one. She's a Rebel. Um, What's Her Name is a good song, too. That's uh, in Drop D for all you guitar nerds out there. But yeah, uh, Mike Dirt. He was someone that I really looked up to when I was a kid. He played a P-Bass, of course. And I think that was around the time he had that signature P-Bass. I don't know if it had come out yet. Honestly, I, I might have to get one of those one day. But it's a, it's like a 51 P-Bass body, but it has the P-Bass pickups. And the headstock is kind of different. It's like a Telecaster headstock, and I think that's what the the like the first P bass 
uh, came with, with that, uh, it had a different pickup configuration, or at least it looked different. It's just like that single pickup in the, uh, in the, in the bridge or in the neck, excuse me, right, right in the center. But yeah, I mean, Mike Dirt, great player. Things kind of changed for me once I got a base finally. I still loved Green Day. I mean, they, they were a huge area of focus for me. And it was the long view was like the first baseline that I learned, which is, I would say, Mike's signature line even to this day with Green Day. And I, I remembered a lot of those songs from when I was a kid, but I didn't connect that Green Day was the same band that played Basket Case or Redundant. Those were the videos that I remember seeing on MTV and VH1 and all of that before I really knew about music or that you could play music. I don't think until I was like 12 or 13 I realized that uh, you could play music. I didn't know anybody who played an instrument until uh, my best friend Kane started playing guitar and was showing me that he was could play guitar and he was playing American Idiot and that's what kind of inspired me to want to do it. And I wanted to play guitar, but he told me, hey, can't be two, two guitar players in a band. You got to play bass. And ever since then, I've been a bass player. I was a bass player right from the get-go, right from the jump. But speaking of Green Day, Blink-182 um, is back together. They're touring again. Tom DeLong, DeLonge, I never know how to say it. I'll say DeLong. He just released uh, his new uh, Stratocaster. Um, he released it originally back in 2001 with Fender, of course, the great Fender. Uh, but it's interesting because it doesn't have tone control on it it only has a volume control and the pickup configuration is different i think it might be in hh or hss or whatever the fuck it is i can't remember what it, what it is but um it, it's some kind of something different it's it's like a modded stratocaster a pawn shop special so to speak that gives it a little bit of a punkier sound blink 182 was is another great band though like, looking back, I was listening to them the other day, and they were another band that I kind of felt like I, I outgrew. Uh, and it's a little bit weird when I was listening to them, because you listen to a song like First Date, and it's very clearly these guys are businessmen in their 20s writing songs for teenagers. But they're still great. They're, they're great songs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the Beach Boys did the same thing. Did they not? They did. Rock show, fantastic song. I listened back to all of Enema of the State. Pretty solid album. Not a bad song on it from start to finish. I like the party song. I think that's the one that's my favorite or Don't Leave Me. They have a pretty good collection of, uh, they have a good discography. I, I haven't been listening to the past couple of records they listened to or released, excuse me, but I still was was in in love with them and Mark Hoppus. He had a signature P bass with Fender. He's released several different kinds. Uh, 
Um, but he, he also has, I think, like a Jag bases and stuff like that. But his original P bases that he released, um, I don't think that had a, uh, a tone knob on it either. It's just a volume knob. And it has the Seymour Duncan quarter pounders in it. And when I got my my first bass, it was a Squire Affinity bass, black, um, P bass, of course. And I changed out the pickups. I think my dad might have soldered them for me. But uh, the Seymour Duncan quarter pounders are great pickups. Great pickups. But I don't know if I would want to roll with something like that today. Maybe I would. I, I don't want to get super back into buying gear and just taking on a bunch of instruments. Right now I have my P-Bass, which hasn't been getting a lot of love lately, I'll be honest. And I got the Mustang Bass. That's mainly been my, my main axe. And then I have the Upright which that has been a whole thing in itself. I haven't had much time to practice these past couple of weeks though because I've been moving. Honestly, I need to get a new amp. Uh, that's that's kind of the next thing I'm, I'm going to try and do before the end of the year. And I have my eye on a couple different things. There is an Ampeg amp that I'm interested in uh, that was recommended to me by John Eldridge of the Eldridge Band. And... But I kind of, honestly, I just want to be a straight-up Fender guy. I like Fender. I want a Fender endorsement. One day, it will happen. Mark my words. But I think they make great products. Um, and, of course, I had that 65 jazz bass. But we were never meant to be. It was the bass. It's, it's kind of like a, a girlfriend when you have when you have a girlfriend but you know looking back on it it's like she taught you some fundamental shit about yourself but it was never meant to be forever is anything ever meant to be forever i don't i don't think so i don't know though you know uh are are we meant to as human species are we are we as the human species, let me let me try and actually connect all of these thoughts that I'm having. TikTok rots my fucking brain, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. I just see all this shit uh, about girls cheating or about why relationships don't work. I see it from both sides. And I honestly don't know if in the modern world, if romance can exist or not even romance but long-term committed monogamous relationships maybe at least for people of, of a of a younger generation I, I i don't know i'm and even then i'm i'm not one of the people of a younger gen like i'm younger than baby boomers but uh and i'm younger than gen xers but i'm not the youngest kid on the block anymore. That's kind of weird. Uh, I just suddenly became not the youngest person in the room. I went from being the youngest person in the room to some other people are that are dumber than me now who don't know anything about life yet. And I'm, I'm not talking shit. I'm not talking shit. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's hard to imagine 
being in a committed relationship in this day and age, everybody feels like they're trying to keep their options open and it's very non-committal. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I am the non-committal one. Maybe I am always seeking something better so I never, never want to commit. You know, I got the P-Base, but things would really be better if I had a Mustang base. Maybe I would be happy then. That's a joke. You can have both. I'm not comparing women to instruments. Or maybe I am. I don't know. I'm, I've tried to see Oppenheimer a couple times, honestly. And it's just not working out. Uh, it's kind of disappointing. I tried to go see it on opening night. And there was no seats left. Well, to be fair, there was one seat left. And there was like also a handicap seat left. Uh, and they, they told me, because I was with my dad, they were like, we can get you an extra chair and put it there. But I honestly, on on the the chance that someone who was in a wheel, wheelchair or something like that, like wanted to go see the movie, I would have felt so fucking guilty about that. I just imagine like going out to actually get popcorn or something and then uh, my dad's in there waiting and I, I go out to the lobby and I just see this person, maybe this lovely couple and uh, one of them is in a wheelchair and they say, sorry, hey, we're, we're all sold out and I would feel like a complete asshole. Is, is that far-fetched that I go that far in my mind whenever I'm... I'm in the position to make some kind of decision. I feel like I can make decisions very quickly and very easily sometimes, but other times, I don't know. I I, uh, I tend to overthink, so I'm trying not to think too deeply about things until more recon has been done. Because I've learned that all of my grand plans, they can't really be executed not to be negative about anything I don't think it's a negative thing but maybe I'm just getting old and jaded I don't want to get excited for anything anymore um, I'm just hesitant I'm hesitant about everything I don't want to make a fucking decision please don't make me make any decisions but Oppenheimer Barbenheimer it's the craze that is sweeping the nation there is a new Lego Batmobile that was just released, which is pretty cool. It's based on the Michael Keaton Batman. And there's also the Batwing, of course, from the Michael Keaton Batman movies as well. And uh, I'm interested in getting both of those. I'm going to hold off for a minute. I saw them at Target today and I was like, these do look pretty fucking cool. It was uh, leaked a while ago that there was going to be, from the Flash movie, it was going to be a Lego set that was the Michael Keaton Batmobile um, with the Michael Keaton Lego like minifigure, Batman minifigure, and uh, a Flash minifigure from the movie. But I guess Lego got cold feet because Ezra Miller is a piece of shit predator um which 
honestly, The Flash was a pretty good movie. And Ezra Miller is good as the, as the Flash, as much as I hate to admit it. But it was cool to to see Michael Keaton back as Batman again. Um, he he is a pretty good Batman. They disappeared Batfleck though, which is pretty fucked up. And now now there's news coming out that was talking about Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie and how it was exploring 80 years of Batman mythos, which does sound pretty cool. Ben Affleck's the best Batman. Um, There's a lot of people who probably disagree with that. There's a lot of people who probably agree with that. Batman v Superman, great movie. I love the scene in that when he goes to rescue Superman's mom. You know Ben Affleck, he played a Superman. I can't remember what the guy's name was, but there's a movie called Hollywoodland, I think. And he plays this actor, I think maybe from the 40s or something like that, uh, that he was murdered. Um, the guy who played Superman, it's, it's all about that. So Ben Affleck has portrayed both Batman and Superman on the big screen, which is kind of cool. But yeah, he's he's the most badass, badass Batman there is. He's a brawler. He fucking snapped people's necks without... A fucking care, dude. Speaking of Queens of the Stone Age, I really do like their music a lot, but it's fucked up how uh, Josh Homme kicked that that girl in the face. Um, and whenever I bring that up to rock dudes, they always get very fucking defensive. They're like, "Well, we kicked the camera." I, I had this conversation recently, and. Uh, People were defending, there was multiple people defending the fact that Josh Homme kicked a camera which fucked up this this girl. Um, and it, it's super sad, you know, because it's like I'm a, I'm a huge Queens of the Stone Age fan. But in that instance, it's like doesn't matter if you were drinking, if you were on drugs, whatever it was, you need to get sober and you need to get some fucking help. I'm not making... A judgment if you like listening to Queens of the Stone Age. I get it. I just don't get how people can defend that kind of behavior. Even if it's someone that they're really big fans of and that they like. Um, the record that got me into Queens of the Stone Age was Humbug by Arctic Monkeys. I think that was my Queens gateway drug. I knew no one knows... And go with the flow. I feel like they played those videos on Fuse a lot. Which if you remember Fuse. It was like an alt music emo version of MTV. They would play. But they would play like Wolf Mother. And they would play Fall Out Boy. They, they, it would be basically all sorts of rock music. They would. I remember them playing. Uh, you only live once by the strokes, which there's a great B side of, uh, you only live once, which is I'll try anything once. And it's like a piano, like an electric piano demo of Julian Casablanca singing and, and playing it, And it has different lyrics. 
I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's worth going to check out. I remember hearing a bootleg of it for years because I would be super into different bands growing up and I would search all over the internet for like their, their CD only B-side singles. Um, remember when bands released B-sides or when they released singles and both there was a couple of songs on there, like songs that you wouldn't normally get. So I would search the internet for all of these versions of like a Japanese single or uh, a UK only single to find these exclusive songs that you couldn't really hear. And it was that way for everybody that I was into. I was super into My Chemical Romance at one point. Maybe that's surprising. Maybe it's not. But I was really, really into them. To the point that um, I went to New Hampshire. This was probably my sophomore year in high school. And they played. It was the opening night of the Black Parade World Tour. It wasn't the at least the U.S. leg of the tour. I think they, they did shows in the U.K. and all that shit. And it was a whole thing. But... They played the entire Black Parade album front to back and then came out and did a set where they played all of their songs off Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I don't think they really were playing any of their first record during that time. I brought you my bullets. I, you, what is it? I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love or something along those lines. They might have played Vampires Will Never Hurt You, but I don't know if they played anything else. I saw My Chemical Romance a second time at the Boston House of Blues on their Danger Days tour. And Danger Days, it's okay. There's some really great songs on it. Um, Vampire Money is a fantastic song. And then Na 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 Na, of course, is on that as well. Grant Morrison. A famous Batman comic book writer was in the music video for that. And he was also in it for saying. But here's the thing. The older I get, the more that I see the labels at fucking work looking back at, at, at certain things. Because I was super into them and always looking on message fan boards and shit like that about when they had new music coming. They had been playing shows where they were playing new songs and I would listen to the new songs on YouTube. It was August of maybe 2000... Or actually, this was probably September of 2010... August or September of of 2010, there was an album that was rumored to be released that ended up getting released called Conventional Weapons, which is honestly would have been a pretty strong record for them. But the label intervened and there's a... Danger Days just has some songs that you can tell the labels like you need to write us hits. 
It has like Na 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 is one of their strongest songs. And Vampire Money, I would put that up there with anything else that they've done. But I just don't like the the machine and seeing the inner workings of the machine. It goes back to wanting to be that 15-year-old kid and fall in love with, with music all over again in a brand new way and just have all these hopes and, and dreams of fuck having a job. I think that's what it always goes back to for me. The thing that I value more than anything is freedom. I don't want to have a job. I don't mind working, but I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have to answer to someone else or do what they say. I'm old enough now to where I could just shut the fuck up and do it because I I realize that's the path of least resistance. But when I have a job, I'm always looking at the the nuclear button. Just wanting to press it. Knowing at any point I could. I could just burn this whole thing down. But really that, that self-destructive tendency. The only thing I'm really burning down is myself. And I'm just managing to piss off these other people. That are also working within this machine. That they don't want to be there for. I, I, I don't know. If anybody wants to truly have a job um why be good at something that you hate why why do it to make money i've been broke it's not it's not that bad like being broke isn't bad uh it sucks but it's not the end of the fucking world um but there is certain things that that come along with that though. You got to have health insurance. You got to have money to pay rent and to uh to feed yourself and for me to get haircuts. I don't really I'm not I'm not a man of complicated taste. Truly, sincerely. Once I find something I like, I just want to stick with that once I know what works for me. Dustin Dustin McKee always criticizes the choices of my uh, of my things that I uh, that I hit, he always says you get the same flavor every fucking time, and it's true. I do. Um, I like routine. So sue me. The Yankees have been having a dreadful fucking season, pretty much out of the postseason. They lost today against the Astros. Truly a shame. They split the series, which, honestly, not that bad. Um, that they, they look like they're gaining some momentum now that they got Aaron Judge back. He's, he's been out for a good portion of the season, and I think anytime that happens, he's the captain, dude. This is his, his first year of his big contract, and who knows what's going to happen with the Yankees. Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if... If they didn't make the postseason, I'd be a little, a little sad, but I, I was so dedicated to baseball when I was a kid that I would cry, uh, if the, if the Yankees lost, um, I just can't live and die by anything that much in my life that I, I don't have control over. 
sports is is that way for me. I can't be that loyally dedicated to something um, other than myself. Uh, not to sound like an, an arrogant fucking prick, but myself is the only thing I I can control. Maybe maybe you guys feel the same way. I I feel like there's a lot of other creative artistic people that maybe listen to this show and feel along the same lines that I do. But honestly, who gives a fuck? What are your plans this week? What do you got going on? Do you got a gig? A job interview? A big date? I wish you luck if you do. It can be a little bit nerve-wracking doing new stuff. But it's always worth it just to try it. What's the worst that could happen? You could fail. And if you fail, is it really that bad? No. Your uh, your mom won't stop loving you. Your dog will still love you, but... I mean, even Hitler had a dog. Let's be real about the dog thing for a second. Okay, I, I don't dislike dogs. But... When people talk about their loyalty... And all of that, well, Hitler had a loyal dog, Blondie. That was Hitler's dog's name, was Blondie. And that's what the band Blondie named themselves after. People thought it was Debbie Harry because of her blonde hair. But no, it was named after Hitler's dog. Jesus Christ, can you imagine a band doing that in Nashville, in the East Nashville scene? they would fucking kill themselves. Like the people in East Nashville would literally fucking kill themselves. If uh, maybe I just named, I don't know, what would be really offensive to them? Well, Hitler would definitely be offensive because that, that, that is offensive, but that's why fucking Blondie named themselves that. But what would truly upset the, um, the East Nashville establishment in air quotes Maybe if I if I uh, if I started a band called He Him. He Him and the No Nos, that's what I'll uh, that's what I'll call my fucking band. What kind of music w- would we play? The the He Him band. It's it's just got to be really obnoxious. It can't be death metal, uh, because that's way too fucking obvious. It would have to be something. It would be like a uh. A Boy George and the Culture Club style band, um, musically speaking, which Boy George has some great songs. I'm going to be honest. Even if he did chain one of his boyfriends to a radiator and beat the shit out of him. Again, another example of a, of a great artist behaving badly. You know, to err is human. To forgive is divine. Snoop Dogg said that in the Starsky and Hutch movie. There was a lot of great movies in my childhood. And in my teenage years, my adolescence, coming of age, I was in, I don't know, maybe eighth grade when that Starsky and Hutch movie came out. I can't remember if it was R-rated or not. There might have been, there was like this whole wave of movies that was released from probably 2005 to 2010. I mean, I'm just giving my, to the end of my high school career. Um, 
where they would have there would be these PG thirteen movies that would get released in theaters, and then there would be an unrated version that would get released on DVD. So you would see different movies, and it would have a bunch of f bombs and different shit in it. Um, but there was a lot of great movies from from those times. Great comedies too. Um, anything I think with Vince Vaughn in it was good. Like the uh, Wedding Crashers, great movie. What else was good? I saw You, Me, and Dupree in theaters. That's not a Vince Vaughn movie, but it featured Owen Wilson and Seth Rogen. And what's his name? Uh, Matt Dillon, um, who was in The House That Jack Built. Have you guys ever seen The House That Jack Built? It's a fucked up movie. A movie like that, it makes me question myself and whether or not I like it. Straight up, there's a scene in that movie where Matt Dillon chops a girl's titty off. Clean off. And it shows it. There's Speaking of movies that have an unrated version, that has an unrated version. He cut that shows him as a little boy. He's a, Basically, he's a serial killer. Uh, Matt Dillon is a serial killer, similar to like Ted Bundy. I, the movie takes place in the 70s. And you watch him do all these horrific things throughout the entire film. He kill he kills in in one in one scene, he kills uh a child with a sniper rifle and makes the mom watch. Uh, and the other child watch, or maybe the other child's already dead. He might have already killed the other child. But he makes her watch, and then he, he just kills them all. And, it, like, it gives me goosebumps and makes me so uncomfortable to watch that shit. And it showed everything. Like, this movie is a hard watch. If you're trying to Netflix and chill, I do not recommend The House That Jack Built for this. Or, or maybe, I mean, if you, I think honestly the best way to prove to a woman that you're not a serial killer is to show her that movie because uh, it shows that you're in touch with your dark side. That's the fucking thing, okay? You got to be a little bit in touch with the darkness. Here's a, a broad stroke judgment for you. I feel like I personally can't trust anyone who hides their darkness and I wouldn't consider myself a very dark person um, I'm a pretty positive guy for the most part but I definitely have invasive dark thoughts where I wonder if anybody else has them you know what I mean like the fact that the house that Jack built was even made like if you watch the trailer the thing that i love about it um there's an overhead narration i think i think it's lars von trier who gives a narration for it and this movie it was i probably critically panned for the most part because it showed a lot of violence against women and some violence against children um violence against white women is not allowed in america straight up 
But the girl who had her titty chopped off in the house that Jack built was also in Under the Silver Lake, which is something I watched a couple of months ago. And it feels like a twin to Inherent Vice. I don't know who the director was of of Under the Silver Lake, but it stars Andrew Garfield. And basically, it's a noir movie in L.A. Um, and his this neighbor girl that he has completely disappears when they were supposed to hang out the next day. Um, and he goes... Andrew Garfield goes on this hunt to try and find her. And it just leads down these different rabbit holes that basically ends that this girl was taken or voluntarily went actually with this billionaire guy underground to live in this bunker to live out the rest of their days. Um, It's like a tomb and they had all these modern conveniences. They had television down there. They had all the food that they could ever need. It was a billionaire and three girls, three women. And you just wonder how people are convinced to do things. But I think in that movie, Andrew Garfield was schizophrenic and he was imagining everything. I don't think it was real. There's a whole online community that breaks it down. I've watched a bunch of videos on it. I like it when uh, you can go on YouTube and you could search for the the underlying, underlying meaning of uh, movies. I feel like I'm too dumb to understand sometimes. It takes me a minute to really grasp what's going on. I might just be retarded though. Well, shit, you got me rambling tonight. This is a complete stream of consciousness. It is 1.38 in the morning. I should probably go to sleep. I hope this week is a good week for you. I'm going to see the Black Keys with Danny, which I'm very excited for. They're playing at the Brooklyn Bowl. What else is going on? I'm doing some musical things. Um, Probably going to be practicing upright bass working on the d flat major scale definitely a difficult one but other than that um come check out come check me out on sundays playing with the reveal on occasion happens every now and then can't say it's going to be every sunday but i have sundays free now so i'm going to try and play with them a little bit more keep getting my feet wet and September 28th, playing at Cheekwood Botanical Gardens with the fundamental sound. Dan Klug, uh, who is a Poptimist uh, alumni, hit me up and uh, asked if uh, I would be interested in playing with them at this gig. And I said, unequivocally, yes. His music is fantastic. Go check it out. And I think James Varner... My Super Smang bro is going to be the drummer on that gig. So I'm, I'm pretty excited because I haven't played with James in a minute. I do love James. Everybody loves James. He's, he's fantastic. Fantastic drummer. But that being said, it's time for this little Poptimist to go to bed.
Keep on dreaming. I'll see you next week. Since you're gone, I sat at home one while. No, I'll never be free. But the thought of you going with another guy, no, it could never be me. You took a ring and pawned our love away. What can I say? I am left behind. So I take a drink, another cigarette. I can't forget that you once were mine. What can I say? Yeah.